0: You are now listening to the Blue Collar Unplugged Podcast.
1: Sexton gets it. Three seconds. Two. Sexton at one. will ah, win. it good. It's good. It's good. Your
0: home for all things Alabama basketball. That will do it.
1: Alabama all time and all the time. And the Crimson Tide are the SEC regular season champions. Now here are your hosts. Blake Byler. Animals are like, I don't know if that like like resonates with you, but like you always see tigers in like, like on pictures and like on TV, but when you like see a tiger in front of you, it's like, what am I looking at?
0: Matthew Gibson.
1: You had Alabama fans selling their on-court seats to Auburn fans for the biggest game in God knows how long. And Jacob Pickle.
0: At some point,
1: somebody's got to take a stand. It's like, hey man, the Capitol's that way, chill out. <laughs> Stop it! Enjoy the show. All right, welcome in to another episode of the Blue Collar Club Podcast. I am your host, Blake Byler, and I'm joined, as always, by Matthew Gibson. We we don't have Jacob today, sadly. uh, The Crimson Chaos president is at the beach, so make sure to bully him on Twitter for not being... On this episode because he's at the beach he said he had i don't know what was it internet issues I'm internet sure he's issues. Probably, yeah he's probably like hanging out on the beach right now or whatever <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah probably playing golf or something but we are here for an episode and uh we posted on twitter or x i guess it's x now um a couple days ago uh yeah you're shaking your head because you don't like it i don't either <laughs> <laughs> Um we posted on Twitter a uh, a Google form with a mailbag. Uh so we are going to spend the next however long it takes to just answer some of y'all's questions because honestly, not much news has dropped since the last time we talked to you guys. Um, not that much is happening. Practice has started, uh, which is exciting. But we can go ahead and jump right into it, Matthew, if you're ready. Yeah, let's um, do it. First question comes from uh Garrett. Garrett Franks from Birmingham, good friend. He asked, um, this question actually uh, is good timing because of some stuff that has happened today on Twitter. He says, Chris Parker is listed at 6'9". Do you see him having a legit role this year? Having size like that on the wing is certainly unique. That is a question from Garrett. Um, I'll just let you go into it because we did get a little Chris Parker um, hype on the on the bird app today.
0: Yes, we did. Alabama Basketball posted a photo of Chris Parker dunking. And again, the the news of the week was Alabama releasing their official rosters and some of the heights and weights Mm -hmm. of those players. And uh, Chris Parker was one of the guys that came in taller than expected. Um, Initially, there was a tweet that Chris had sent months ago where he said, stop listing me at six foot six. And he came (laughs) into Alabama listed at six foot nine. I mean, that was not something I don't think anybody really expected. That's a big
1: jump.
0: It is. And he's still listed as a guard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, <laughs> <Chris, laughs> yeah. I do think he has a big role this year. I it's Alabama's got a, a stacked roster at the moment. I mean, it's going to be a battle for playing time, but, um, I really like Parker a lot. He's got a lot of length defensively. Um, he
1: could
0: be a guy that could have a Herb Jones kind of mold down the road. Um, really lengthy. He's got like a ton of athleticism, high riser. I mean, I, I like Parker a lot. So,
1: yeah, I, um, I thought it was funny the the tweet that it was the official account that tweeted that out right mm-hmm. that reminded me a lot of Do you remember last summer when they tweeted out um, the they tweeted out one picture of Brandon Miller going up for a dunk and then they tweet like quoted it or something with the full picture and it was him getting stuffed at the rim by Noah Clowney like that's what it reminded mm-hmm. me of like them seeing a player that um, is playing well in practice that they just want to hype up for no reason. Um, mm-hmm. But Parker, I want to say he has a role. I just recently did a breakdown of him, and I really like his shot making abilities. Um, he shoots it. He he looks, he looks six eight six nine, I think. Um, but also with the film I was watching, a lot of it he was playing against like high schoolers, where he looks taller than everybody. Um, he was probably their biggest player on the floor. Um, he was listed at six six on like twenty four seven. Uh, but I think on Rivals he was at six eight or something like that, and he had had six eight in his Twitter bio for a long time. Uh, so for him to come in at six nine, I'm sure he's grown a little because he's still like eighteen. Um, but the I, I really liked from the film that I watched of his uh, his high release point. He jumps really high and releases the ball really high. Um, which really helps when making difficult shots, which is one of the things he's really good at. He's a a really good mid-range shooter. Um, And then he's also a a pretty good three-point shooter. He's really good shooting off the dribble um, and kind of off balance just because of that high um, release point that he has. And so I think when you have a guy that can get a bucket like that, it's going to be hard to keep him off the floor, especially with the defensive length that he has, like you said, like that's really important. and, And we know that like length, um, the way that NATO wants to play uh long stretch out, um, have guys that can fit in passing lanes. Uh, we saw the length of the team last year and how that led to a really good defense. We saw that two years ago in 2022, there wasn't that good. Um, there wasn't that much length on that team. And so that led to kind of a lackluster defense. And so with length like that, he should be able to crack the rotation. There's not the, the, the thing i am then wondering is like over who? You know, I don't
0: know. I mean, I think between um, some of the guys that he'd probably be fighting for playing time with, whether it be Cosby, Duarte. Cosby, Duarte, um, um yeah, Walters. Them.
1: But like they oh. kind of play, like they're both wings, but I feel like Parker is on the wing closer to guard side mm-hmm. and Walters is on the wing closer to forward side. Right. But they're both wings. They're both tall too. Walters was what, like 6'10 on the on the yeah. listing? That's crazy. Yeah, Walters was hey. 6'10. Wow. He's gonna be fun. Look, Walters, No one Walters, about him. Yeah,
0: Walters has got some game. I, I really like Walters a lot. I mean, there was um gosh, I believe it was from the NBA draft room where Walters was beginning to have a little bit of uh getting on some boards um late. yeah I think he's an intriguing prospect down the road. And then, again, that's someone that Parker is going to be going up against a little bit. I, again, you mentioned that he's more a forward Walter mm-hmm. is. But with Parker, I mean, if if you can defend, you're going to be able to find a way to get playing time with dado And I think Parker is, a, at least right now, a decent defender. He's getting better. I mean, he's a freshman. So, I mean, I, I, I think that's something that um, will allow Parker to get playing time down the road if he continues the way he's going.
1: Yeah, I don't think there are a ton of – like, there aren't a ton of guys that have just, like, really separated themselves in terms of like the depth chart or the breakdown like that. Like Last year, you knew it was going to be like Brandon Miller was going to be a starter. And then there kind of felt like a hierarchy. And this year, I feel like there are a lot of guys really, really, really close together in terms Mm -hmm. of whenever you're trying to lay out the rotation and see who's going to be where. Uh, You know Sears is going to start. You know Nelson is going to start. You know uh, Estrada is going to start. start. And Griffin is probably going to start. So you have those guys, but then when it comes to who plays in the rotation after that, it's like Wrightsell, Pringle, Stevenson, Walters, Parker, like Cosby, who's already been in the system. Like there's a lot of guys that can play and they, I mean, we're not at practice, so we don't know. We haven't seen them be able to separate themselves. I don't think though, like to fully answer uh Garrett's question I see him having a legit role which is the way he put it like I think he will play and be a part of the rotation now if that's like eight ten minutes a game then it might be but I don't see him being like a full-on bench guy
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and Alabama didn't really have that last year because of a lot of different circumstances that led to only like 11 players being on the team so you didn't have a ton of guys that, or maybe it was 10, it was 10 or 11, but you didn't have like the opportunity to have bench warmers because the roster was kind of trimmed down last year. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think he'll, he'll play at least a little bit like eight to 10 minutes a game is my, my assumption right now.
0: Right. I mean, it's one of those things where again, this is basically an entire new roster. There are nine newcomers for this Alabama team. I mean, I, once the season gets going, it's going to be one of those things that shakes itself out over. Maybe the
1: he's six time. man. I don't know. Maybe he
0: is six man. That's the thing. Nobody knows with how <laughs> we don't know what the roster layout is going to look like in terms yeah. of like playing time and rotational pieces. So again, we don't know what Parker is going to uh, be playing at right now. But again, he's one of those guys that has the potential to build himself into a, you know a, a good piece that gets a lot of rotational minutes.
1: Yeah, and in the future, I think he's going to be like a really good developmental piece too. Like I one think he'll things. be. He'll be a really good player in the future, for sure, even if he doesn't play a whole lot this year because of how many pieces they have. As he grows, he's going to be really good. Agreed. Um, next question. Uh, Haas from Leroy says, of the places you attended last year, arenas you attended last year, what was the most intimidating and what location do you think will impact the team the most this coming year?
0: Ooh, that's a fun question. And that's, that that's cool. Hayes. I know Hayes, Hayes. personally. Big Crimson I I don't know but...
1: Hayes. My apologies, Hayes.
0: <laughs> but I don't know. I think in terms of environment from what we visited last year, me and Blake, I mean, they Houston. What Houston had was pretty incredible. It was loud. It was ruckus. I mean, we couldn't hardly hear ourselves. And um, I loved Houston's environment. I mean, I think if you're Alabama playing against Houston, it was again the top ranked team in the country at that point. I, I it was a, wild environment and something that i think that was probably the most intimidating environment they faced last year auburn arena was pretty um loud and uh again it's it's the iron world basketball it's always going to be like that but with how those both with how both of those arenas are built in terms of the compactness and uh design that both of those would probably be my answers for that and i think next year you look at it i I think auburn arena is going to be right up there again i mean auburn's going to have a really solid team i mean i think coming in that's gonna be another location that where it's always gonna be intimidating when we travel to Auburn. But in terms of last year, definitely Houston, at least in my book.
1: Houston and Auburn, I I really like the compactness of their arenas, like you were saying. Like it the way that they how loud it gets for one and the way that they put their student sections like right on top of the floor
0: mm-hmm. make
1: for a really unique and fun environment. I'm going to say, though, Tennessee was really a really good environment last year. Thompson mm-hmm. Bowling was. Uh, you you weren't there, were you?
0: I did not have a chance to go there,
1: no. That's right. It was me and Austin that were there. Austin yeah. Cannon was there. Um, it was big and loud in that place. Um, and also, that was number one Alabama coming in um, for that game. And so, and Tennessee was a top 10 team, I think. Uh, So that was a top 10 matchup, uh, night game and everything. That place holds like 15,000. And the way that their student section is, is they have um, not seats, but like risers that go up behind each goal for their student sections. So they have a student section on each side and they don't have like seats. They just pack them all in um, with like risers. So it's super cool. Uh, but that was a very, very rowdy environment. I'm sure Bud Walton was crazy too. Uh, didn't get to go. Um, but what was the what was the, other, the most challenging one for this year?
0: Yes, for this year.
1: Impact the team the most this upcoming year. Um, Auburn for sure. Rup is going to be really difficult. It is. Um, for sure. I'd like to go. I'd love to go to Rupp. Uh, Who else is on the road schedule?
0: Um, I think for home and away opponents, there's Auburn, Florida. Let's pull up the list. I think it's Auburn, Florida, Tennessee, LSU, and Mississippi State will be home and away. And then additional road opponents are Ole Miss, Kentucky, Georgia, and Vanderbilt.
1: Found it. I wrote this story. Look at that. Uh. Alabama will travel to Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. So, Auburn's tough. Florida is – Florida's hard. It's hard to play there. Yeah. It's not like Auburn level, I don't think, but it's still Mm -hmm. difficult. Uh, Georgia, they don't even fill the place, but that didn't really matter last time Alabama went to Georgia. So – We'll see. And I
0: think another one you have to consider, too, is Creighton on the road.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, that, that's up there. That place is going to be rowdy. What, is, what do they hold? Oh. Creighton arena capacity.
0: I want to say like 11,000. Oh, my yeah.
1: goodness. 3,000. It's tiny. It is, it is so small. Wow,
0: I mean, it's Actually it's going to be rocks.
1: really, really loud. Wait, maybe I looked up the wrong thing.
0: I was gonna say there's no way that's correct. Creighton's too big of a basketball school to have. Yeah, that
1: can't be. Oh, it's the exact opposite. So it pulled up something first, which uh, oh, this is like a student recreational facility that's on campus, but it's not their basketball arena, but it has arena in the name. Uh their actual yeah, 18. So it's big. It's the opposite. Yeah, that's that place is going to be packed out, very lively. That'll be great. Are you going to that game? Maybe Jacob's, we'll see. Jacob's going.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I, I, I can find a way to squeeze in to go with Bama Central, I would happily go.
1: That'd be that'd be cool. Let's. see. Um, most intimidating. We said Auburn, Tennessee, Houston, uh, and then for location that will be uh, most impactful. We said Creighton Auburn, they go to Tennessee again, which is also going to be tough. Uh, but then like Vandy was like 40% Bama last year. Yep. Um, you could see that again. I don't think Ole Miss will be particularly challenging of a venue. Um, I don't really think the hump gets that loud. Um, I I was there last year. It was, it was fine. Um, They could have a really good team this year, though, so um, maybe they'll pack the place out. Next up, hmm, which one should I go with? Uh, Dean, Aniston, we have Dean. uh, Dean asks what or who are going to be the top three scorers on the team? Hmm. You can put them in order. You don't have to put them in order.
0: I'll put them. uh, I'm going to go with Mark Sears. Leading score. Mm-hmm. Estrada. And then Nelson. Mm-hmm.
1: I think you? I agree. I, I think it's the same. Uh, Nelson or Griffin? Nelson. They're like I, I think I'm saying I think they're both gonna be right there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um I don't think I don't think you're going to have a lot of I don't think anyone averages over fifteen a game. Mm. Uh, just because of how many guys – I mean, we were naming the roster earlier and how we don't even know who's going to be in the rotation. There are so many guys to spread the ball around, um, which is going to be good because your scoring won't be so centralized and so defenses won't be able to just key in on one guy because Sears and Estrada – Sears, Estrada, Nelson, Griffin all have a chance to lead the team in scoring. Like I could see any of them doing that. Yep, and then I, I think all of them, if I'm being conservative – average between 10 and 13 probably
0: yeah i'll say i'll say sears 13 and a half estrada like 12 yeah like 12 and then nelson probably like 11 and a half
1: yeah and like griffin probably in that 10 and a half 11 range maybe i was gonna say griffin
0: probably like 10 and a half 11 too
1: yeah and then you could have like Maybe you get eight off the bench from Wrightsell. Maybe you get eight off the bench, seven off the bench from Walters. Um, who knows? You, you've got a lot of guys that can score, and that's why it's going to be fun seeing what Oates does with Panone as well um, and his offensive systems, the way that um, he's going to work to utilize all of these weapons. But there are so many quality-capable scorers that um, I don't think there's going to be one main, but I think, like you said, it's safe to say Sears Estrada and Nelson are definitely some of your best contenders.
0: I agree. I think Ritzel is a guy that can probably again find his way into a nine ten <laughs> potentially. I like, yeah, I like Ritzel more than most people, but I think is a guy that can easily get to numbers like that at some point.
1: As a leader of like the second unit too, like he mm-hmm. is the. Of our perceived second unit, he is, like, the only main, like, like true scorer. Other guys can score, but he's, like, if you put the second unit out there, I'm, like, oh, yeah, Reitzel's definitely their leading scorer as opposed to with the starters, our perceived starters. Um, There are a couple guys that could be. Reitzel's, I mean, what, he was, like, 17 a game last year? um, In the Big West, which, not a great conference, but 17 a game, 17 a game. Not a lot of guys can do that. So yeah the um, next up we've got who you think uh, John Adams from Dothan who do you think will be the harder game Purdue or Arizona?
0: oh man I'm gonna go with Purdue um I mean I think if the question was, if Alabama had Charles Bediaco, I think it would have been a little bit easier, but they no longer have Charles yes. Bediako at the 5, and you're going to have to deal with Zach Eady, and that's going to be a problem for Alabama with the size that they have. Again, Alabama's got plenty of size, but Zach Eady is a different level of size, and I, I it's going to be up to guys like Wiggy to really try to stifle uh, Edie. and I don't know. if I think that's probably going to be Alabama's biggest challenge that they face, especially in terms of just like a single player. But I don't know. What do you think?
1: Well, Purdue that game is in Toronto, um, so you're going to have a heavy Zach Eady contingent there. Um, it might feel like a road game, to be honest, um, even though they're both very far. Um, and then Arizona is in Phoenix; it will feel like a road game, but I Zach Eady's too difficult to handle. Um, Air. I would if I had to pick one of them for Alabama to win, I would pick the Arizona game. I'll put it yeah, that way. Um sure. uh, Arizona's gonna be good. Jaden Bradley's on the other end of the floor. So get Bradley. Um but I, I like Arizona's definitely a top twenty-five team. Might even be top fifteen. I I haven't looked at I'm, I haven't made a preseason ranking yet or anything. But I think the the size of Edie is, is gonna be really difficult. Now Alabama does have the one chance of their, um, their guards. I don't know what Purdue's guard play is going to look like. You know? Like, yeah. last year, guard play was an issue for them. Uh, yeah. And they kind of relied on Edie, I would say, too much because they lost to a 16-seed. Um, they don't – I don't know. Like, Alabama's guards are going to be really good, and I don't know if Purdue has the guys that can keep up with that. So, that could keep Alabama in the game. The yeah the equalizer of the three ball, and, and if they can defend and if Purdue's guards can't score. Um, Edie can't score every point, theoretically. So maybe that would give them a chance, but I definitely think with Edie, Purdue is a much tougher challenge. Yeah, um, I was going to say, um, be.
0: with their backcourt, if Smith was not playing well and Edie was even like just stifled just a little bit, Purdue is always mm-hmm. in trouble. I mean, it was up right. to Braden Smith like half the time to really relieve some of the work on Edie, uh, at least in the backcourt. So, if Alabama mm-hmm. can stop both of those guys, they'd be okay. But again, it's, it's really hard to stop Zach Edie. Not a lot of teams have been able to do it.
1: <laughs> exactly. This question from Austin, uh, previously mentioned Austin Hannon. It's mid February at Rough Arena, Alabama trails by two. Who takes the final shot and what is the play?
0: We talked about this earlier. I think it's going to be a, a Mark Sears in the corner curl for a three.
1: I like that. That's a good, that's a good look. Um, It's tough when you haven't seen the team.
0: Yeah. Especially with how Pino like runs his offense. We really don't know what he's going to implement from, you know, his times coaching in, in the G League and overseas. So.
1: It we'll won't see. be an ISO for sure nope. um, because, like, the only ISO player – not the only ISO player, the only guy you really trust in an ISO with that situation was Quinterly and he's gone. So, there will be some creative play. If you're under the rim, a lot of Pringle – no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I want either Sears or Estrada taking the shot.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: Are you going for the win, though? That's the question. Are you, Matthew Gibson, going for the win, or are you going for the overtime?
0: Yeah, you go for the you win. Got, I think so you go the for the win there. Now, is Mark Sears the guy you want for the win 100% necessarily? I don't know. I think Mark Sears is Let's see. much-ish. Who hit
1: game winners last year? Brandon Miller.
0: Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller. Um, Brandon
1: Miller. Brandon Miller. <laughs> uh, Noah Clowney had that clutch put back in the Houston game, but it came off mm-hmm. a Mark Sears miss. So let's see. I don't know. I think Sears are a strong. Yeah. Those are okay. going to be your primary ball handlers. Those are probably going to be your highest scores. They're probably going to be two of your best shooters. That's a fun question though. It is. How good is Kentucky going to be?
0: I mean they're youngish I mean I, I look they're also I they're, they're good, though. they are good I like Reeves a lot they've got some mm-hmm. depth um Alabama
1: legend Antonio Reeves
0: yeah but again they're so young I mean they've got Dillingham Wagner um Shepard guys like that Brad, just,
1: Bradshaw right
0: Bradshaw yeah uh Jordan Burks so they've they are really young. I like Kentucky. I think getting Reeves back was massive for them. And then mm-hmm. obviously getting like Trey Mitchell too. So, I mean, I, Kentucky's going to be really good. I think they're a top five. They could probably – they have chances of winning the league for sure.
1: Yeah, so. definitely. It's just about whether that youth gels. Because there also could be like uh, – you remember their class with like uh, BJ Boston and, um, and those guys from – I guess it was three seasons ago now, which is crazy. Um, but they were terrible, and that was a team with, like, five five-stars on it. Yep. So it's really about how mature they are and how they gel. Um, if they don't gel, Alabama might be up in the last minute against Kentucky instead of down. Uh, this is a fun one. Actually, I'll save that one for last. Okay. How many more do you want to do? Hey, We can
0: do as many as you want to do. Maybe four or five. Um,
1: we've got we got a couple more good ones. Um, yeah. So this is from Isaac from Prattville. Uh, Bediaco is now in the Spurs, obviously. So, uh, well, the Austin Spurs. Uh, how much of a workload will be expected on Grant Nelson? And could we see? Um, let me pull up the rest of this. Uh, could we see? Uh, some implementation of Jaron Stevenson as the year progresses. So what are we expecting of Nelson and how slash if um, Jaron Stevenson is going to be implemented?
0: Well, I mean, I think you expect a lot from Grant Nelson. I mean, he's going to be an interchangeable four or five. I think he's going to play more of the four as the year goes on. Um, and then, again, in five out offense, he'd definitely play a five a little bit. But, um, again, Nelson's a guy that if, he, if he's shooting – the way that he needs to, like if he's shooting over say 37% from three, he could be a first round pick pretty easily. And if that's the case, he's probably averaging around 12, 13 points a game, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. It's, I like Nelson a lot. Um, And I think with Stevenson too, Stevenson's really, really young. He's a baby. I don't know how much of uh, an impact he's going to have initially. I think down the road, he definitely does towards the end of the year. Um, But again, we really don't know what, uh, guys like Stevenson or Walters and any of those, how they're going to turn out just because it's so early, like even into the off season. We, we just don't know how what these guys are going to do and what their roles are going to be. But, I mean, I think Nelson can probably be expected to be one of the better players in the SEC this year. I, I think Alabama's is going to rely on him pretty heavily.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like Nelson's going to be – we talked earlier, he's going to be one of the better scorers. He, he's going to be the best inside scorer for sure. Um, mm. I mean, he's got the athleticism and fluidity to – fluidity to run uh coast to coast he's going to get fast breaks runouts um he can shoot a little bit um apparently good reports of his shooting in practice um so that is another positive for his offensive game uh as far as defensively uh we don't really know because i mean he played in the big sky right is that what no is that what north dakota state's in this guy? Now I got to look it up because yeah. I can't. It's going to bother me if I don't. Oh, they're in the Missouri Valley. Missouri Valley. Yeah, but I mean, yes. I, yeah, I mean, but, it, again. Yeah, oh, I think. Oh, okay. Um, he, defensively, we don't really know what we're going to, what. We're going to see what Alabama is going to be able to um, lean on him for. I don't he, – he's got the athleticism for sure if he can get down kind of the defensive principles and the disciplines that he needs on that end of the floor. Uh, we know Pringle had some defensive lapses so it, last season. So has he improved? Do we, do we see Nelson guarding opposing teams' fives? Do, we, we don't really know. Um, but as far as Jared Stevenson's concerned, he's going to – I think he's going to be really good. It just might take a minute because reclass players, he's only 18 and he's like a young 18. Um, So it's going to be tough to see one, how he physically matures and how he is ready for the college game in that way. And secondly, if he is ready to contribute offensively, uh, but I think he can be ready to contribute defensively. Um, which could earn him more playing time than otherwise. Yeah, I, I agree think with he's that. a versatile defender, and I think he's someone that Alabama could really use down low, um, especially when you have guys with potential question marks in Pringle and Nelson. Just when Nelson's case, we just don't really know, but in Pringle's case, we saw some things that needed improvement on the defensive end, and so um, what, there's also Wagee in the picture, and so you have. Oates has the chance to make rotations to put the best interior defenders on the floor. Um, I think Jaron Stevenson will have a role. It might be tough for him to have a big role immediately, but as the year goes on, then yes.
0: Yeah. Did Stevenson check in at 6'11", too? Yes, was he, he
1: did. He I was going to say that's
0: – we also mentioned Nick Pringle. Pringle apparently grew from 6'9", to 6'11", and gained 10 pounds over the offseason, so that's – Another plus for Alabama in that sense, and adding some maybe a little bit of length and height
1: there, right? Uh, Stevenson only weighs 207 pounds, yeah. Um, but he's He's gonna get in with Barrera and bulk up a little bit. Pringle's 230 now, which is crazy. Mm. Yep, uh, then you've got Nelson's 235, so he's got a little more on him than I realized. And, well, he is 225, so that's some that's a decent size. But, yeah, Jaron Stevenson, he should – he will play, absolutely. He will be a part of the rotation. It's just a matter of how much and how he adjusts to going from high school to college and skipping senior year. I mean, when you think of other reclassified guys, Kyra Lewis didn't start immediately, did he?
0: Oh, I think the first couple of games he came off the bench, but he he earned a right. starting extremely fast,
1: very I mean, quickly. I
0: think, by, I think by the Arizona game his freshman year he was starting.
1: I, I think so. He was year. like tiny too. He was like yeah. only 160 pounds, soaking uh-huh. wet. Like he, um, so sometimes it's not even necessarily about um weight. It, it's tougher when you're an inside guy like Stevenson. But if if you're just skilled enough and he plays good enough defense in his case, especially to merit playing time, he's going to get it. Mm. Primo played more as he went on, too. Primo played sparingly kind of at the beginning, and then he was a starter by the SEC tournament, and then he busted his knee. And then Ellis took his spot. But he, he was starting by SEC play, I think, roughly, if Yeah, I remember correctly. Nice. Um, I could see if Stevenson develops defensively. I could see him taking a starting spot if they want to uh, run him in, maybe Nelson together because I don't really see Nelson coming off the bench. It also depends on the development of Pringle and what Pringle looks like. I agree. Um, we will do – we'll call it two more because I've got two. Going. Um, Jack Richardson uh, asks, who is your pick for uh, surprising – Newcomer of the year, someone you think will exceed expectations. Who? And that's it, a newcomer. Yeah, Last I think
0: it's gonna be. I think it'll be so I, I, I again, I like Ritzel a lot. I think he's a bucket. I think he's a pretty solid defender in his own right. Um, You know, coming in, I think he, like you mentioned, he being the the second unit off the bench and kind of being the leader there, he's gonna have a really big role for Alabama this year. And I like Ritzel a lot. I think he's gonna kind of exceed some of the expectations that, um, you know, coming in, just being a little bit of a depth piece. I think he's going to exceed that just a little bit. So I like Reitzel a lot in terms of freshmen, probably Walters. I think Walters is going to come in and be a, a guy that can like get buckets off the bench pretty easily too. I mean, he's, he's a high riser. He can really, really shoot the ball. Um, he did a breakdown on that a couple weeks ago. Walters is really good. I think Alvin likes him a lot. I think um, he'll have a pretty big role Maybe pretty early on too. We'll see what the rotation ends up like shaking out to be. But I do like Walters and um, Reitzel Jr. a
1: lot. Walters is my pick, I think, because he the the way that his frame and like skill set complement each other to go along with how valuable that is in Oates' system. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's six ten, but he can he he plays like a long wing. Um, he can really shoot the ball, uh, and that length—he's not going to be able to necessarily guard inside, but that length is going to bother uh, other wings that are like six-five, six-six, especially if you're playing him at the three. You know, um, yeah. I'm thinking of like let's let's take Auburn for example. Their their three man is probably uh, Chad Baker Mazzara, right? He's what six, 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 seven, mm-hmm. which is a big wing. But if you throw Walters on him, that's three inches on him right there. Um, so yeah. he's got the defensive potential, and he's got a crazy good offensive skill set. And if you have a guy that can shoot like that, that's that long, you're not going to be able to keep him off the floor, especially with how much Oats loves that kind of stuff. So um, he's my pick. I think he's going to play a lot of minutes. I I think he's going to be like the seventh man, maybe. Like, yeah. probably play a, a solid bit, like 15 minutes a game.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, he's – There's just so spot. many dudes. He's, like, he's, yeah. Here's – Alabama's – they're really deep, again. And, again, Walters yeah. can – Walters, I love his skill set. I mean, he could put it on the floor, too. He's he's going to be really good. I think Alabama is excited about him.
1: Todd from Alpharetta. Is this team's ceiling as high as last year's with all the new faces?
0: No, it's not. no. I mean, it, the ceiling <laughs> for Alabama, respectfully, the ceiling for Alabama basketball last year was winning a national title. They were the best team in the country for a significant portion of the season. This Alabama team is not going to do that.
1: Mm-mm. Nope. Don't have the don't have the rim protection, and, and you also
0: just don't have the best freshman in the country. That's been one of the yeah. best freshmen in, in college basketball in a
1: very long time. You you don't have the room protection. You don't have the the number two pick in the NBA draft. You um, don't have great size at the guard position. Um, So, like, that doesn't mean they're not going to be good. And we've been talking about how a lot of these players we think are going to be really good. I think their ceiling, they can win an SEC championship.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they can very easily, like, if Alabama – can figure out the offense and um, play up to the defensive standards that Oates has set. I think Alabama can double sweep the SEC again. That's a ceiling, I think, for them.
1: Probably won't, but definitely possible.
0: Yeah, if I had to guess, I would say Alabama does not win the regular season, but they'd be a team that could very easily win the tournament um, at the right time if they're clicking.
1: I would agree with that. I think they have the tools to definitely be a top four SEC team, be a double-by type team. Mm -hmm. um sec is really deep um as far as ceiling goes in like the ncaa tournament i don't like i'm i'm not seeing a one seed i don't i'm not really seeing a two seed i think a three is possible if things go right i'm really leaning in that four or five range right now um which is still a um pretty consensus top 25 team um Mm -hmm. which i think they will be all season um but Ceiling will not be as high as last year. Um, I know people every year. People want to give the the highest of expectations and highest ceilings to everyone. Um, don't expect thirty one and five ever again. <laughs> not say, ever but- again. But like you, <laughs> maybe not. Honestly, that's going to be really hard to top. But that no, doesn't I mean, mean you can't have teams that accomplish similar feats. You know.
0: Yes, I agree. I mean, it's just that. Last year's team was the best in Alabama basketball history. I don't know if you're ever going to see a team quite as deep as that one. And, again, they they came up short in March, but what they were able to accomplish is something that very rarely happens in the SEC and especially for Alabama.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's not to say – that's also not to say this team can't go further in March than last year's team did. Like last year's team, their ceiling was a national championship, but they only got to the mm-hmm. Sweet 16. This year's team's ceiling – I mean, I haven't. We haven't seen the play, but August, their ceiling in the tournament, like they could definitely be a second weekend team. Yeah, um, that's very possible. Which would be as far as last year's team made it.
0: Yeah, that's that's something I've talked to Brian Passing about a good bit actually. I mean, the this could be come out of nowhere. The a, Alabama's Final Four team could be a team that squeaks into the NCAA tournament and just finds right. a way to get. It done. I mean, that's you never know with college basketball. It's the beauty about March Madness, but Alabama's going to have a good team. This coming year I don't they just do not have the ceiling of last year's team and not many teams probably ever will
1: yeah and I mean look at uh look at Auburn I mean their uh their final four team in 2019 was like a five seed their uh that team with Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler was better than the team that went to the final four Mm -hmm. um like Auburn fans might not think so but whenever you actually like look at the teams throughout the season like the the Jabari Smith Walker Gesser team was definitely better, but they went. They got bounced three rounds earlier, just because that's how March goes sometimes. Uh, yep. So sometimes it doesn't take a team with the quote unquote highest ceiling to go further in March. But in terms of um, regular season SEC tournament, this team's got a high ceiling, just not higher than last year. Agreed. Last one for the day. Isaac from Tuscaloosa, what is your favorite travel memory? I'm oh, assuming man. he means Alabama basketball related. Yeah. Which is fun. I've I've got a couple.
0: Yeah. For me, last year going to Houston with you and Jacob was really fun. Um, just the entire like trip down there as well. Like whether it be stopping in um, gosh, what was that? I think it was Lafayette. We stopped and ate Boudin balls and watched the end of the World Cup. That's
1: the one I'm thinking. <laughs> you get that.
0: that was that was really fun. And then just touring around Houston a little bit, getting to see the city, going to the game, Alabama winning that game, uh, getting to cover that as college journalist was really fun and something I'll always remember. So I, the Houston trip uh, has a special place in my heart. I also enjoyed going to Baton Rouge. Br um, was fun. Uh, I think about the tacos from LSU all the time. They were so good.
1: I think about seeing Mike the Tiger all the time. Yeah. Mike the that Tiger was awesome. surreal. He was. <laughs> Mike the Tiger was really surreal. Uh, also, I think about uh, – Matthew, you weren't there for this one. This also wasn't even um, – this was, like, before I was into journalism, uh, before I was, like, heavily into journalism. Uh, me and Jacob went to Norman in 2021 for that game. And that was – we got home at 4 in the morning, and that was one of the craziest drives brutal, ever. I'll tell you my least favorite uh, memory traveling was the Georgia game in
0: 2022. Oh, I'm
1: sure. For me, the
0: least least for me, the entire trip itself was like – it was good. I enjoyed the people I was with. Shout-out to David Gray and Morgan Gray, both very talented photographers. But the trip up to Louisville (laughs) was brutal. Oh my goodness! Uh, and getting the van, getting the van first. First thing, I missed my alarm at five o'clock, and David just was waiting outside my door for like thirty-five minutes until I woke up in like a panic, and I was like, oh, you all ready to go?" And then we got up, uh, went to Hardee's, and then drove up to Louisville, and then Alabama lost that same day, and we get back and we get up again five in the morning. And I am sick. I am so sick. <laughs> I'm like traveling down from Louisville back to Tuscaloosa next to David. And I'm just like, whether it be allergies or having like a sore throat, I was in so much pain. That was the worst memory I've ever had traveling. Again, David and Morgan were great. (laughs) But the trip itself was brutal.
1: And then we, uh, we had the one trip to Nashville when we stopped at Bucky's and then we went to. Then the That's game good. was super late, and we were up in the in the crow's nest, as they call it, in Memorial Gym. Yep. And then we went to we went to cookout after and talk ball with some random dude who was like, "Yes, a guy
0: fan. wearing a, a Georgia State hat." And <laughs> yeah, that was
1: that was fun. That was fun. Uh, hoping for more fun travel yeah. memories this year
0: one one last one i'll throw out there was the auburn trip to uh, auburn with david and garrett franks i had a boot on oh, and you're I on had, crutches I had, yeah it was, i had crutches on and david and garrett did a good job of like helping me get around so i had to throw that out there so i appreciate them
1: yeah they're awesome um so i think that's uh that's all we got time for today um uh, but if you liked uh the mailbag format I, i'd like to do uh, one or two more of these. These will be fun during the season, I think. Uh, maybe we can make it like a segment instead of like a whole long episode. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, let us know what you think um, on Twitter, whatever. Uh, leave a rating on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast uh, if you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter individually. Um, be sure to follow the podcast as well. Um, we will have more uh, content coming as the season approaches. Um, but, yeah, until next time, uh, thank you guys for watching we listening.